Welcome to the Few Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Richie, Darren, and Mark. Hey, you know that check I was talking about getting you? I'll get it like sometime in 2019. <laughs> We're trying to help you grow those oranges, man. <laughs> and then they get angry or excited. Doesn't really matter which one, right? And and then they move on to a picture of their friend from high school just had another baby, right? Welcome back to the Few Podcasts. My name's Darren. I'm here with Mark and Richie. And what do you guys think the biggest story of the week is? Well, treason. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it was that revelation that uh, Millie pretty much told China, don't worry about it. If we do end up trying to attack you, uh, I'll just I'll just give you a fair warning about it. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty damning. Uh I know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of videos of this loser douchebag piece of shit talking about how he loves China and how China is the future. So I wonder if he's gotten I want they need to probably check into his connections cuz he might have some uh, bad connections in there somewhere. You think him and Swarwell uh had a Chinese finger trap? Well, he might be. Well, I'm thinking he might be compromised somehow. I mean, think about it. You you look at what what he did. You know, he's calling he's calling China behind Trump's back, telling him that you know I have the nuclear codes. I'm going to prevent nuclear attacks coming your way if Trump goes off the rails, and or or just attacks in general. And then he's you know he's telling Pelosi the same thing. Pelosi's basically asking about it. And, you know, there's a process for this. If the president is incapacitated or is insane, there's there's a process that that process should be followed. And Milley's not even in the chain of command. He's, I think, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, but he's not actually in the chain of command at all for nuclear arsenal. So -hmm. basically, he took it upon himself to tell the people with the nuclear arsenal that if somebody gives the word to go, you have to check with me first. Yeah, he pulled everybody into a meeting. He he pulled basically who was who was Reagan's Secretary of State? Secretary of uh, State, I, uh, yeah. Kissinger? No, that was Nixon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he famously after Reagan got shot, he he like sat down and he said, "Since I'm sitting in the big chair, I'm in charge." And everyone's like, "That's not how that works. You're like seventh in line, dude." Like uh, back. Is- Alexander Haig? That, that's right, Haig. Yep. Yeah. He was right after right after Reagan was shot and they, they weren't sure if he was gonna live or not. Like he, he pulls everybody into a room and he sits down in Reagan's chair in the briefing room and he says, I'm sitting in the big chair. I make the decisions right now. And that that's what Millie did. You know, uh no, 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 no. I'm taking charge here. You know, you all listen to me. Basically, I want you to I want you to pledge your allegiance to me, and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna make sure that China doesn't, you know, China doesn't attack us because we're thinking that Trump is erratic right now. Or maybe China could have taken that information and been like, "Oh, he's incapacitated. Now's our time to strike." Yeah. And then they could have attacked us because of the information that this douchebag gave them. 
just anyone who's thinking like this isn't a big deal, like that's buying the line that CNN is saying that, oh no, this happens all the time. You know, this is this is just something that you know high high ranking military officials do. If you're if you want to think about this, if you have a son or a daughter that is in the U.S. military right now, how would you have felt if we would have sent in a first wave of troops? If we would have actually had to attack China? And they all die because they knew it was coming. Yeah. Think about that. I didn't even think about that angle. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, the, this is just insane. I mean, people who think that this is normal, they need, this is not normal. You're not allowed to, the president is the final word. If the president wants to nuke somebody, the president can nuke somebody. Obviously, they're going to try to talk him out of it. But, um yeah it's uh, this is pretty scary that you just get one dude just going in there and making unilateral decisions never elected not even in technically in a position of power anymore i mean he's like chairman of the joint chiefs he's not actually a general of any one of the branches from Mm -hmm. what i understand and then he just goes ahead and just decides oh i'm just gonna go ahead and be um be the head of the State Department, not even the military, the State Department, and and start contacting countries and telling them that, oh, uh, this isn't, uh, we're not going to attack you. Uh, don't worry, we got Trump under control. And then on top of that, one of our allies, who is an anti-China ally, call, basically contacts the State Department and goes, dude, you, dude, what the fuck? Um, yeah. What the hell is this shit? Isn't that even what they put in the the title of the memo? It was like WTF. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, how bad is it that you have like a diplomat going WTF? Here's here's a memo. This is what I just heard. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I just can't get over. It. And and he's the he's the uh, LGBT general too. He's the one who's doing all that bullshit with you know you know adedictomy dickectomy go ahead we'll pay for it in the military bullshit you know and mm-hmm. dyeing his hair the rainbow flag it's the military it's not your feelings it's not it's not oh i feel like a dude today i feel like i you know your sexual orientation's got nothing to do with anything it's the military that should be no concern and whether, you know, getting unnecessary surgeries should not be a part of the military. If you've got a problem where you can't, like, function if somebody calls you a man and you're a woman or whatever, then that, the military is not a place for you. I mean, it's it's just not. There's yeah. other places in society that you can be, but yeah, not the military. <laughs> your, your, number, your, your number one goal is to kill. That's it. Yeah. It's not to, it's not to wear a dress when you're a dude. Hey, did you guys see that? Did you guys hear about that fight on Saturday? No. Oh, the fight between the former um Marine that is now a transgender um woman, I guess, and a real woman. Yeah, a yeah. strong woman, Richie. Strong woman. Strong woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what I get 
what I love about it is, you know, people are like, God, this makes me sick. This is stupid. You know, and, and the the um people who are like, Well, this is a good thing is they're saying, Well, she know she knew what she was getting into. She's getting paid. You know, that it's all about the money, you know, not the, the fact that uh a dude just broke beat up a girl. So Yeah. Well you guys you guys should have heard the announcers because like I heard the audio from the announcers and you could tell they were uncomfortable with what was going on. Cause like this guy mounts this girl and then just starts pounding her head into the pavement, you know, like with his fists. And they're like, uh, well, you know, that's the thing about UFC fighting. It's not about how strong or fast you are. It's all about technique. And I'm like, is it a technique that he's just crushing her orbital socket right now? Like yeah, he's this- He's got about a hundred pounds of technique on her. <laughs> well, you know what made it really awkward if she would have used the five on two. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, technically, that should be legal in women's. Yeah, you, it should. There's nothing there to grab normally, but you guys remember Mortal this match. You guys remember Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the remember Johnny Cage? Yeah. If you did, uh, I can't remember what move it was, but he did the nut, the nut buster, I think it was called, or whatever, where he would do the splits and then punching the nuts. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Couldn't do that to women. Couldn't do that to women. That's how Jean Van Dam wins in um, uh, Bloodsport. Well, that's <laughs> a big guy by, by punching him in the nuts. I think that's <laughs> that's where that came from. I think they were originally trying to get John Claude Van Damme to be Johnny Cage, but they couldn't get the rights, and or it was too expensive or something. Yeah. Hmm. Did Johnny Cage not come until like the second one? Because like the first one was like a college student thing, right? I'm pretty sure Johnny Cage was in the first one. Uh, that's probably. I, I'm not sure, but yeah. So I mean, like that. That's your military. That's a that's a ex marine. Who decides, yeah, I'm a woman and I'm going to compete in UFC fighting. And pretty much that opened up a lot of people's eyes. They're like, wow, this is just a guy beating the shit out of a woman and it really makes me feel uncomfortable. And the announcers are sitting there going, this is um, a good thing. Yeah. Um, There's like probably a lot of people watching this, you know, the first trans woman's match and. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of emotions out there right now. You know, like they're not they they were hesitating even to say that this was a good thing because all all your life, if you're a real man, you you've been taught you don't hit women. You know, so the idea of this guy just pounding away a, on a woman and then and then oh well, you know, this is a good thing. Like the picture of him uh, after he wins, he's got her blood splattered on his arms. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Remember when Andy Kaufman used to do this as a bit, and now it's real life? (laughs) 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 Oh, wow. That, yeah. Reminds me of another comedian that uh, passed away recently. Oh, yeah. We should talk about Mr. Coleman. (laughs) Or... (laughs) <laughs> McDonald, McDonald, McDonald yeah. Norm. Yeah, Norm, Norm Coleman is what, yeah. I was thinking Norm Coleman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you couldn't have found two people much different or very farther apart in height. 
Oh yeah, because he's yeah. yeah. Norm, Norm Coleman's like five one. Yeah, he is shockingly <laughs> short. I I I, I listened to the Norm Macdonald um um roast last night when he roasted uh, Bob Saget, and that <laughs> that bit is the best bit that's ever been hap- that's ever happened on a roast. It, it's so awkward, and the crowd doesn't know what's going on, and and. <laughs> You have to see his face for it to really be funny, but uh, yeah, yeah that, that is such a great bit. Well, all the comedians are <laughs> laughing their asses off. <laughs> yeah, because they all get they all get it, but the crowd's like, "What's going on?" I mean, the crowd a bunch of idiots that live in California, probably, so um, they don't know what's going on. But uh, that was so good. Then I seen uh, he was on ESPN award show or something. Yeah, the ESPYS. Espies, is that what it was? And then he was talking with Charles Woodson. Oh. Did you guys see that bit? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of me. Oh, my. He, the OJ jokes were just insane. That's yeah, hilarious. His, his, his OJ jokes were great. And then I heard another one this morning that um, he was. it was from the Weekend Update or whatever, and he said, yeah, OJ wrote in his book that he would have taken a bullet for uh, Nicole. So, so just think about that. The person that Think how bad it must be to have someone that would take a bullet for you and ends up killing you. <laughs> yeah. And, and just just the way he delivered it was just oh off the wall. I think the I think the best one, the best OJ joke, other than the Charles Woodson one, which which goes something like uh, Charles Woodson, first defensive player to ever win the Heisman Trophy. Man, they can't take that away from you. Well, that is unless you kill some kill your wife and a waiter. do you know why he you know why he did so many oj jokes well it's because the the one one of the act one of the um one of the big wigs at uh nbc he basically would he would send a fax every like uh every before every show on saturday night live to basically ask him to not do any more oj jokes or kind of order him yeah and then, so he would do as many as he could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to thumb his nose up at him a little bit. I think. Uh, I think my favorite OJ joke, though. I, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but uh, he goes, he, on the on one of the weekend updates, he goes, uh, um, uh, one of the one of the jurors, juror number whatever, uh, a grandmother from wherever, got to go home this weekend after the trial. And see her grandkids, and her grandkids, and her grandkids really love their grandmother because they let him, because she lets them get away with murder. Though <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one that I saw though uh, today was uh, him on Larry King, and oh, him. That's that's hilarious. Oh God! It was it was. Uh... It, so Larry King's like, what what big revelation do you want to give to us? And he goes, I'm closeted. And he's like, I'm, so you're telling me you're gay? No, I'm closeted. What, don't say I'm gay, man. I'm very closeted. And he was like, so if you're closeted, that means that you're gay. Well, I wouldn't be saying I'm gay because I'm very closeted. <laughs> you know, like... You know, I'm like, that's genius. That's genius because you can't say he's anti-gay because he's saying he's closeted, you know. But he was like, he was like, so, so, but you are telling me that 
if you weren't in the closet, you'd be gay. Well, I wouldn't be saying that because that would mean that I'm not closeted anymore. <laughs> yeah, Larry, he, he was he was underrated, and you know, and he's still one of the best. So. Yeah. Well, the movie Dirty Works. Remember the movie Dirty Works? I've I haven't seen that in years. That was pretty funny. The, the 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 biggest thing about that I take away from Dirty Work is is Artie Lang still alive, and Norm Macdonald's dead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's something you know. I I would have thought <clears throat> the thing that you would take away from Dirty Works is uh, when you get gang raped in prison. It's the disrespect that hurts the most. I mean, the other words, <laughs> but the disrespect, you got a lot of growing up to do, guys. A lot of growing up to do. <laughs> I forgot to put that, that part. <laughs> God. Yeah. I should see if I that, that movie's on DVD somewhere. I think, it's, I, think, I think it's free online. It's on Netflix. Is it? Oh, yeah. I should watch that. Yeah. All right. Well, um, back to General Miley. Um, people. So yeah. Well, you you had some comments on the people left in Afghanistan. Oh yeah. So you know, part of the re, you know, so the whole um, general uh, Milley thing was about what was about the book that's coming out. But they're also doing uh, investigations in the House and the Senate right now about what happened in Afghanistan. And there there was a couple of good highlight points, but the first thing, you know, about the about the people there, um, Mitt Romney asked point blank, how many Americans have we left in Afghanistan? And he was like, well, you know, we can't, you know, no, everybody who wanted to get out, you know, he was trying to say the party line. And Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney, of all people, uh, really pr- put pressure on him and said, no, no, how many Americans are in there? Are we talking hundreds? Or are we talking thousands? And he was like, yeah, we'd be in the thousands. So the Biden administration has been lying to us this entire time where Joe Biden got up there and said, yes, a low number of hundreds of people have, you know, uh, uh, with their U.S. citizens were left in uh, Afghanistan. But Blinken is telling us it's probably in the thousands. Is that is that a Blinken? Yeah. <laughs> Yay! No. Um, he survived. No, the... But Blinken, you know, I mean, it's just... It, it's... I, I don't know how that's not more, bigger news. That should be... That should be plastered over CNN. When they did the breaking in news tonight, you know, like the major networks broke in about the SpaceX stupid stuff, you know, which, whatever. You know, when they said a special report was coming on, I was like, terror attack. They're going to talk about uh, Millie being arrested for, for treason, uh, something like that. And they were like, oh, SpaceX went up. How is nobody talking about that this guy has said it's, the number is in the thousands of people that we have left behind. That is not anywhere in the news. It's ridiculous. It's very sad. Yeah. 
the other, but there were a couple other uh, good highlight points uh, with that too. You know, the one where um, I think we all saw that clip of uh, the the U.S. House of Representative member uh, said, you know, basically since you're not willing to answer anything about Afghanistan, uh, have you recently been depositioned uh, for uh, for uh, uh, Joe Biden's role in Burisma? And he's like, uh you know, just dumbfounded, and that the chairman had to come to his rescue and say, "Hey, we're we're talking about Afghanistan here, not not any criminal cases that should that are currently going on." Yeah, uh, somebody needs to go to jail for that, but uh, that'll probably never happen. No, it won't. I mean, but, yeah. So Joe Biden is having a uh, looks like a bad week. I don't know. He's he's been having a bad couple of years, but uh, looks like he's having a bad week. It comes out uh, that his lineage owned slaves. So now, if we're keeping track, number of slaves Trump owned zero, or Trump's lineage owned zero. Number of slaves that uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's lineage owed probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, if you remember, Kamala Harris, uh, her uh, great great grandfather or whatever was an was one of, was a tyrant on Haiti and owned probably thousands of slaves. I'm guessing because he was like one of the big slave owners on Haiti. Mm-hmm. Now it comes out that somebody looked into Joe Biden's genealogy and it looks like he had one or two people um, in his gene- genealogy tree owned slaves. You know, mm. I. Oh, you guys go. I I don't know what to say about it. I mean, the the media will just cover it up. So. <clears throat> well, well also, I, mean, I don't I don't know why it's such a big deal. Actually, yeah, I mean, I mean, truly, if you go far enough back, I bet any one of our families was either a slave or been a slave. Whether that, you know. Uh, obviously, this is American history, and and somebody in his genealogy has that, but it's only a big deal because the left makes it a big deal. So when you know when they t- they won't ever talk about Biden, and and you know why should they? But you know Ron DeSantis, you know who's an up and comer, you know they'll do they'll do a search on his family and they'll say yeah there's a possibility that one of his great 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 grandfathers once owned a slave for 2 weeks in the month of february ah he's worse than hitler yeah that's what they do <laughs> and uh also uh also going bad for joe biden this week uh college football Pretty much nobody in college football likes Joe Biden. Nobody. Which is kind of weird because you would think that colleges would like Joe, but guess not. Most popular president, guys. 81 million votes. Stay yeah, I, and the videos are everywhere. And, you know, of course, the Biden lovers, oh, you should see the ones of Trump. Okay, well, show us them. And I've I've never seen a Trump uh, people saying "f Donald Trump, f Donald Trump" at a football stadium. But um, well, yeah, a stadium full of people. Yeah, you 
you're you're right. There's probably videos of, out there of some pink haired, uh, you know, non-binary guy yelling, "Ah, like Trump, he's mean." Ah. Don't forget you about know. the rascal. They're on a rascal. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen uh videos. Uh, Biden was in Idaho or something too recently. Sorry, oh, what's yeah. showing... where? Idaho. Yes, you oh, are. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Uh... I, I fell for that one. <laughs> um, but they were showing the motorcade, and it's just F Joe Biden, and you know people are chanting for Trump, and it's just a big long motorcade of people. Uh, with with Trump flags on the side of the road, um, and then even <laughs> that video I sent you guys uh, last week of Biden basically crying that people were saying "f Joe Biden" as he's coming in. Oh. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Or or you got little kids, and he loves little kids, maybe a little too much. Um, surrounding them, and then when you take a closer look at their clothes, it's all full of MAGA stuff. One's like with Trump's face saying, I'll be back. And then (laughs) and and he's just sitting there smiling with these kids. First off, how does the Secret Service let these kids get so close to Joe Biden with all that MAGA stuff on him? You know, like that that's pretty insane. That tells me that Secret Service is like I don't fucking care if somebody comes and shoots you. Your goddamn dog champ bit me three fucking times. Yeah. Well, they probably think he's just as stupid as the rest of us do, too. They're probably, oh, Jesus, Joe's off his meds again. I'm supposed to fucking take a bullet for this potato? Yeah. <laughs> now I know why he was going to Idaho. He was going back home. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand how he can... Like he would take the picture. Like he does he not realize that that how bad that looks? I mean, it just looks really bad. I don't know. Yeah. I I think anybody who would do that and not. I mean, I can see him like like seeing the kids and then be like, ah, I don't got time for this, and then getting in the picture as he's turning away or something. But when he's posing for a picture with a kid with a Trump hat on. And he's got the I'll be back Trump. And then he, then you got the other, you know, there's a bunch of just Trump stuff. In, in I, this just baffles, baffles me that, that they would let this happen because it just makes him look like a buffoon. Look, yeah. look. Well, well, and like I said, I sent it to you guys and then you thought it was fake. And I was like, yeah, he's probably right. And then I seen them, the other angle of it. And I'm like, well, I mean, they'd have to Photoshop too. Two pictures, but it's possible. But then it blew up. I've seen it everywhere since then. You know. Mm. So, I mean, oh, I yeah. just can't. I couldn't believe that it was real because that's just not something that you would ever see happen. Right. Anyway. So it looks like the HR one. It might uh, might get to a vote here in the in the Senate, or actually the S S whatever one. S one now. Yeah. yeah. Joe Manchin has decided that he's gonna he's gonna back the proposal after he got his changes. So only there's only gonna be a, a you know fifty percent cheating as opposed to a hundred percent cheating now in the in the bills. So yeah, it basically it basically standardizes. It requires each state to have fifteen days of of early voting. 
it uh, it also basically puts some limits on gerrymandering. I don't know what those are, but those are probably, you know, you must have so much in a city or something, some bullshit so that it helps Democrats. Yeah, it's it's probably it's probably like gerrymandering can only be done if a Democrat's in office. Yeah. And then uh, so it looks like it's it's probably not going to go anywhere because I don't think they can do this through reconciliation, which requires 50 percent. So they would re- they would re- it would require 60 votes for Democrats, which isn't going to happen. None of the Republicans are going to vote for it. Even the Democrats probably aren't even gonna, aren't, aren't even going to vote for it. So there's probably going to be cinema is probably going to is probably going to not vote for it. But yeah, well, and that's what needs to happen is it needs to die on the floor and it needs to die right there, because I mean at that point it's it. it like it, we've been saying for how nine months now, that's game over. You know that they they ram that through, and it's you'll never have a clean election again. Every election will look like you know um you know if we can maybe um talk about this now. Like every election is going to look like the California recall. Yeah. You're just going to mail ballots to everybody's houses. And then when people who don't return them go to vote, they all of a sudden realize that they've, that they've already voted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, you know, part of the reason why um, that recall failed, uh, because uh, as people may not have known is, you know, uh, Gavin Newsom got 70% of the people voting to to say to keep him i mean that's pretty unheard of and then uh well considering that 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 it requires 2.5 million signatures even though i think they got like three because they knew that the democrats were going to challenge signatures Mm -hmm. you know they uh they're all for just letting anybody you know send in a mail-in ballot let's not check the signatures there but but when it comes to a recall position for the uh, California governor, we're going to go ahead and scrutinize everybody's signature. So you better get three and a well, half million signatures versus two and a half million because they're going to they're going to find a bunch. OK, here, here's my question. So they had to get two and a half million um, signatures. Mm-hmm. Right. And only well, three and valid a half, signatures. And all- and only three and a half million people voted to recall him. Correct. Yeah. Kind of crazy. How is that, that possible? And uh, and what's the population of uh, California? Like, I think it's like 12. Oh, no, it's more than no, that. No, it's way, way more than that. It's like 20-something, isn't it? 40-something. 40 yeah, million. 39, 39.5 million. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, well, I guess if you count all the homeless, there's, a, there's only three and a half million Republicans in that state. I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like after after they signed, after they found two and a half million to sign their name to get rid of this loser. Yeah. So so for president, um, in California, Biden got eleven million votes. Trump got six million votes. So wow. it roughly it roughly does the same it's roughly the same percentage but uh you would think that the 6 million Trump votes would come out or you could look at it the other way that 
people don't give a shit about anybody but Trump, I guess, you know. Um, he's that he's that galvanizing of a figure for uh, the Republican Party, but. Well, I just thought it was really crazy that Ashley Babbitt voted to against the recall. Yeah. Haha. You, you soon, Mark. Too soon. No, you did you see that though? Mm-hmm. I don't know no. how true it is. So this is all alleged. This is you know we saw it on the internet. So let me let me preface it this way. But supposedly one of her brothers or male relatives uh sent out a thing that said we got in the mail uh at you know um ballots for the california recall three of them um and they were like and she was and she was living in arizona when she died you know but i guess she had lived in california Mm. it was on the registry there so She's uh she's a and well she was in the navy so she's probably stationed in San Diego or something. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what. But yeah, you get all these you get all these Republicans who said that hey, I went to the polling place. They told me I already voted. I didn't vote. I I I came here to vote, and now I'm I'm being sent home. You know, so or I'm getting a ballot, but they're gonna have to cure it. I'm sure that they are. You know, yeah. All right, Frust- frustrating. Mm-hmm. So it's just hot off the presses tonight. Um, remember the guy who uh, who shot that Australian woman in the cities because she knocked on his on his uh, that cop. Sorry, because she knocked on his door after she called the police for I can't remember wait, exactly. Wait. Stop right there. She didn't knock on his door. He knocked on his partner's door. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the other side of the car. Across, across his partner, and killed her. Wow. So he's he's getting a he's uh, he won his appeal. So the murder conviction against uh, ex cop Muhammad Noor has been vacated. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have have to probably retry him. He um, his third degree murder conviction was overturned. And Second. it says third degree here. Oh, so I'm assuming that's correct because I yeah, think he only he only got twelve and a half years, which should have gotten more. Well, I, I guess I don't know. He probably shouldn't have gotten twelve and a half years. He obviously didn't mean. He didn't intentionally mean to kill her, right? He well, he got freaked out and then he shot her. He shouldn't have been there. That's the the whole thing. He shouldn't have been in that job. Very true. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't have been a cop. He it's like the guy that shot Philando Castillo. You know, you can you can tell that, that that guy was nervous and and made a split second second decision, you know, because you know, he continued to move his hands. But here here's the difference between those two people. Philando Castillo said, I have a gun on me. And he said, okay, stop moving your hands. Stop moving your hands. Stop moving your hands. Please stop. And then pulls out his gun and he was and he was like, I'm telling you to stop. And then Philando Castile, nobody really knows, allegedly, you know, like made a made a sudden movement and 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 he fired his gun at him, right? Nor 
heard a loud noise, drew his gun, and fired wildly in a residential area. Yeah. Basically. Like, yeah, that that's why the one cop was, you know, lost his job and was put on probation, and the other one got twelve and a half years, which really he'll probably he he probably would have served ten. Uh and and I mean that is that is there was no immediate danger. There was no reason for him to pull his gun. Um he heard a loud noise and it scared him and he shouldn't have been a police officer in the first place. Yep. So it so it says here um he if um if the overturning if if they don't pursue this anymore I, I don't know exactly what the next steps are but it sounds like he could be getting out of prison because he's served 28 months and with the assumption of a four-year sentence for manslaughter um he would uh he would basically be eligible for supervised release and just get time served well, basically, yeah, he would be, he'd be, he is, he's served 28 months and he would be basically the, the, um, presumptive four year sentence for manslaughter would mean that he is at the limit for supervised release. So yeah, basically time served. All right. So you want me to say something controversial or, or are we worried about this? It's your job. All right. I better stop then. <laughs> Um, you guys got any other stories you want to talk about? Well, we can talk about Nicki Minaj getting, you know, on the chopping block here. Heck, even, um, um, Candace Owens is coming to her defense. And didn't those two feud quite a bit? Yeah. So. It's almost like Candace Owens has a set principles and doesn't really hold grudges. Yeah. yeah, novel idea, <laughs> right? Well, it's not for her. It's a sport, though. It's not even. She doesn't give a shit if somebody says she's an idiot or whatever. She just throws it back. She doesn't get angry at that stuff. She just thinks it's. She thinks of it as a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a way to sell her brand, is my, yeah. which kind of drives me nuts. But um, it's kind of like Trump. When Trump yeah. says, you know, somebody's terrible, he's the worst person in the world. Uh, uh, Ted Cruz's wife, have you seen his wife? She looks like a horse. You know, it's he doesn't really mean it. He's just he's just being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, but I mean, we could talk about we could talk about how you know he didn't get he got invited to the memorial, but he didn't show up. Um, he instead went to firehouses and police precincts and met with those people. Yeah, the heroes. And got and got blasted for it. Of yeah. course. You know, because he wasn't part of the establishment, which is why people hate him. Exactly. Well, you know, you know it, it's funny because we watched that, um, that whole memorial, um, and it was just so saddening uh going through the names and then like you're like we've been sitting here for an hour what what letter are they on c wow you know like you know what was it 2793 or something like that 
I don't know. It was close to three thousand, I think. Yeah, two thousand nine hundred ninety something. Two hundred. Yeah. So, um, but you know, uh, we were watching that memorial, and and my wife, you know, said, "Is it weird that Trump's not there?" And I was like, "You know, if he was there, it would be the it 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 would be bad because he's there to to get his own attention, and if he's not there, it's bad because um, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and you know, yeah, probably right." You know, because he can't he he can't do anything right. He can't do any you know he can't do anything right according to the media. So I mean, it's like he probably did the best thing possible: stay away to focus on the families. Yeah, and like and guess what's, he what? gonna, what's he going to be able to do there? I mean, he's going to shake a couple of people's hands. They're not going to let him go. They're not going to let him talk to anybody. I mean, you can't talk. You just got to sit there and listen to the names. It's better for him to go somewhere where he can interact with people and, you know, make the firefighters feel good, make the people around them feel good versus just being a statue at the 9-11 memorial. Mm-hmm. And he's not one of those assholes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Bush is up there basically saying that, you know, uh, domestic terrorism is the new, the new big threat. And, you know, his best friend, Big Mike, sitting there tickling Barack's balls, and then you got Hillary <laughs> trying to Hillary going through the list of the next person she's going to kill, and then Bill's trying to find the next eighteen-year-old he can have sex with, and and Trump's <laughs> got seven Trump's got seven billion dollars and eighty million fans. So there's that. <clears throat> yeah, it, it. I don't know. It, it's just and. It just really sucks that we had this memorial um, at a time that we're trying to, we have a president who is trying to work with the Taliban, is trying to say that they can be trusted and they can be our allies. Meanwhile, they're killing women and children and, you know, raping young boys and, and, uh, you know, killing, killing American uh, people. Uh, but then he's that he, you know, he's going to all these tributes, um, saying like, you know, he didn't talk because, you know, there wasn't a teleprompter there and some peanut butter to make his mouth look like it's moving. Um, so, so, I mean, I don't know. know You do know that the head secret service guy, his name is Wilbur. (laughs) (laughs) Wilbur. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just it's a sad it's a sad deal that we have a president who's worried about the pronunciation and and saying it correctly, uh, you know, and and like that that's the ultimate like slap in the face of of all the soldiers and the people on nine eleven, you know, and it it just makes me wonder like. I don't know. Did it? Did anyone else get hit really hard on Saturday with this? I like, watched. What? We watched the the day. I think it was a Dateline on the on the flight ninety three, which is probably like the kind of the story that gets me the most, just because it's like it's like a plane full of people that are basically res- they they're alive, but they know they're basically dead. And then they just decide to fight back in the last moments. 
and they they end up attacking the terrorists and and driving the plane in well the terrorists probably brought the plane down but oh yeah um, they you're talking about flight 93 yeah like just as i yeah. said flight 93 yep yeah they the recording is that i i listened to the i listened to the reenactment on that did you is it and and the terrorists inverted the plane like they they were bringing it down when when they finally broke into the cockpit and then you can hear uh one of them say you know pull the nose up pull the nose up but it would it no way that they would have been able to do it well yeah they i mean i i think it was it was pretty much over because i th- i think they were they were they were going to crash the plane yeah I, probably more to scare the people but but they but they were talking like they when the terrorists took over the plane, they basically took one of the stewardesses into the cockpit and they murdered her just because yeah. they could. Mm-hmm. And then they, and then they, I think they killed somebody outside. But one of the, one of the best things is they're like, they could hear the screams of a man, like the terrorists that were in the cockpit, they could hear the screams from outside the door. They were, or they, they were talking about, they didn't, haven't ever released the, the black box recordings, which they probably should. But they could hear the screams of the guy, uh, the terrorist that was supposed to be watching the door outside of the cockpit, as they, uh, as the people just basically just beat the shit out of him and probably stabbed him and punched him and kicked him. And then they, and then they used a drink cart to basically force the door open. Mm-hmm. And then they just beat the ever living shit out of the people in the cockpit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, and. There, if you go on YouTube, there there is like a an animated reenactment, but they use the real audio uh, of um, it's obviously not the black box because you said it's not released, but it's like that like this idiot tried to make an announcement to the to the cabin, yeah. yet he couldn't figure out he couldn't figure it out, and he actually broadcast to the tower, and he was like. Uh, everyone stay calm. Uh, we have a bomb. If our demands are met, you all, you know, are safe. Like, and I, and, and I sat there and thought about that and I was like, yeah, because at that point we didn't ever really know about suicide bombers. Like they probably did think like there have been times in the history where, you know, somebody hijacks a plane just for, just for money or demands like that. And and they probably thought, well, if we keep our cool, we'll get out of this alive. Not knowing that if they hadn't revolted, um, well, no, they knew they knew what was going on because they were. Well, they the got big the thing, text messages. No, they didn't know it. Yeah, they got. This is two thousand and one. Yeah, no, what, I know. what happened is they had the they had the they had the air airplane phones, so that there were there were phones on the airplane, so they yeah. were calling people saying hey this got hijacked and people would pick up and they said no this is this is a terrorist attack they've been taking these airplanes and they've been flying them into buildings yeah so so they they got the message that way but 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 the reason why they got this message was the flight was delayed by like an hour so the if the flight had taken off on time they probably would have never gotten the message no wow so yeah, they were there were I mean, and then people who were caught I mean, because they they were all kind of taking turns calling people because they the terrorists had basically taken over first class, 
and they had shut the curtain so you couldn't see in there. So they pushed everybody into the back of the plane and then they uh people were taking turns calling and just some of the some of the messages that were left are just gut wrenching. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, apparently if you visit the nine eleven memorial, they have like the recordings of all the people leaving messages like playing in this one room that you walk through. So Oh wow. I kind of want to just for that. Yeah, I would like to go to that probably, but I don't want to go to New York. So Yeah, exactly. That's that's the only well, thing. That's in the the one in Pennsylvania, you can go to that one. And yeah, then, but I uh, yeah, and then the but then the Bush Library has has a bunch of nine eleven stuff. I was I've been there. It's just I don't know. I I saw an angle of the second plane hitting that I never saw before, and like when I when I saw that, it was it was I don't know. It just hit you know um, how many how many people in that plane just instantaneously died and and. I don't know. I just think that uh, I, I think it's a sad, sad day that you know we we did the 20th anniversary of 9/11. We we kind of reopened some old wounds and and talked about how we wanted the country to come together again. And then the next day on 9/12, um, you have NFL players kneeling and doing the black anthem. You know. Yeah, and another thing I saw I was pretty disappointed with was um, I saw a meme on Facebook of um, Michael Scott when he was crying, like, towards the end of it, like, on his last episode. Mm -hmm. And it said something about me when I think about Americans on September 12, 2001, you know, like, how we all came together. And comment after comment on that post was, oh, this is when we became Islamic phobes. You know, my neighbor's house got burned down that day because he was he was Muslim. And it was just nonstop bashing um, how we responded after September 11th. And I, I was just like, okay, I might need to leave this, this group. <laughs> People are not... <laughs> And it was just that, that basically we all turned into a bunch of racists on September 12th. So, yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of 9-11, though, I, uh, you guys heard, heard any good conspiracy theories at 9-11? No. Why? Well, well, the biggest one I've heard was that it was a rocket that hit the um, Pentagon, not a plane. Yeah. I just figured a conspiracy of the week could be all the 9-11 conspiracies because there's a lot of them. There's a movie about it and stuff like that. They, A lot of them say that the way the towers came down, it was a little too perfect. They kind of fell straight down. They didn't really fall sideways. Yeah, I mean, I guess there is a lot of, you know, makes you wonder things. Um, I remember when Jesse Ventura had that show, Conspiracy Theory, I watched it once and they did a 9-11 one. And supposedly they'd never found the black boxes from the two that hit the hit the building wouldn't surprise me if if it, if they but, if there was enough jet fuel to melt the steel beams i can't imagine that black box is going to survive right but uh so the one conspiracy theory was that they did find it they just won't uh 
won't release it because it was America that that it was Americans that flew the airplane into the the building. Oh my, not Muslims. <laughs> well, I, I you know I'm not necessarily resigned to believing that the United States didn't have pretty good warning that this was going to happen because there's like oh James... they had a good warning they had a good warning from Minnesota here. Yeah, which was. These guys want to learn how to fly, but they don't want to learn how to land the plane. Maybe you guys should look into them. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think there were a ton of mistakes, but I mean, the idea that the idea that there was, I mean, people talk about that with uh, Pearl Harbor, right? They say that, oh, um, Roosevelt let Pearl Harbor happen because he wanted to get into World War II and, and he knew that America being so isolationist um, that that the only way was if he allowed this attack to happen. And, I mean, yeah, we had tons of warning, but we also didn't think that, that uh, Japan would be that stupid to come and uh, bomb us and think that that wasn't going to get us into a war. We, we kind of thought that there's no way that they're going to they're, they're gonna come and attack us. And it was probably the same, somewhat the same with 9/11, where, okay, well, how are they going to do this? They're gonna, they're, they're going to hijack planes. Well, we have a whole line of systems to, to prevent, pre- prevent that from happening. Like, it's probably not going to happen. Not in a coordinated attack, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I said last week, who would have thought that? you convince a bunch of guys to fly an airplane into a building. You know, I mean, I, I really, I mean, we grew up remembering kamikazes from, you know, from world war two, but that's but they, war, <laughs> you know, that's not, not, you know, I mean, and nine 11 was an act of war, I guess, but it was, just, it was just crazy to think that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to convince these people to do that? You know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, I get the promise of seventy-seven versions, but you know that that sounds a little boring to me. You know, maybe we should mix that up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe twelve virgins, thirty-two whores, seven panthers, two donkeys, <laughs> a hermaphrodite. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's still one of the funniest ones. Yeah, he was great. Hey, so our top five for the week is cover songs. Uh, who wants to go first? I I can. Um, uh, number five is one that we've. So these are like cover songs that are better than the originals. Is that right? Yeah. That's the way. It, yeah. Um, well, they should be better than the originals if they're the top five. I mean, obviously, why would you pick? Whatever doesn't matter. Well, I'm just saying. I just wanted to make sure the the distinction there, right? Uh, so, like the first one that I I had at number five is one that we talked about recently, um, and that's that Ava Cassidy "Time After Time." Cindy uh, Lauper did it originally. Yeah, Mark took my number one right off the bat. Dang! Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I I guess the the reason why that one to me was number one why it was so much better is because it's a love song. Like if you listen to the words, 
you know, it's about being there for them time after time. And and the the Lopper version just doesn't make sense. It's it's like an upbeat, fast paced song. I, I just I think it's stupid. Honestly. Wait, so, um, what words are you talking about? Maybe you could sing a little bit for us. Um, <laughs> I think Mark. He's the one that brought it up, so he can say it if he wants. <laughs> yeah. Since I took the number one right out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It's like, I don't mind the Cindy Lauper, you know, because up until I heard Ava Cassidy do her version, I always liked Cindy Lauper's version. Um, but then after you hear Ava Cassidy do it, it's like, that's how it should have been sung. You know, like, right. it, it's just so slow and and you know i don't know it 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 is a great it is a great um love song like you said which is weird because i'm guessing you heard it the first place the first time the same place i heard it and it's a funeral and on a show called smallville um pretty you know, much yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but once again they they nailed the song for the moment you know yeah. oh yeah so. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Well, my number five is Mad World by Gary Jules, originally a Tears for Fears song. And that song's I mean, it's a pretty good song. It's it was one of my so if you ever watch ever played Gears of War, that was like the song that was on like the, the commercial. What why don't you sing it for us and then we'll know it? And then <laughs> and then like what was kind of interesting is is if you played if you played Gears of War and for some odd reason like randomly it would they they would shut off the entire sound of the whole game and then you would just play with that song in the background it was really eerie. So hmm. that is actually my number two, um, because you're right. Like the the Tears for Fears one, I I don't like weird. it. It's, it's weird. It's weird. It's odd. It's oddly fast, and the techno music is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's like bad. It's like bad MIDI music. It's like, it's weird. <laughs> but yeah, but then when you you hear that slow version and the words, the words that always get me are the uh, the best dreams that I've ever. God, how do you say it? Uh, what is it again, Darren? I I don't I don't quite know the. Nope, <laughs> Damn it, dear. I almost thought I had him there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why is it that uh, the dreams that I'm dying are the best I ever had? And I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, yeah. That, that's uh, that's pretty, pretty. Um, I don't know. I don't even know the word for it, but I mean, it just catches you, and it, and then it's um, the the music that they picked out with it. Never heard of those guys. Never heard them do it again. But that—that's a great song. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. Yeah. But yeah, there's just a lot of really weird lyrics in there. Um, you know, it's—it's it's basically a depression song. But what's yeah. weird is the original version was just was like, yeah. let's go ahead and take a depression song and let's make it a pop hit. Yeah, why is it the dreams I'm dying are the best I ever had? You know, well, it's like, faster than that. It goes, I know. it goes, all around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. I mean, that fast, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yep. just bizarre. Anyway, all, all right. right, number five for 
Are you up? Uh, I had Knocking on Heaven's Door. By, it was originally by Bob Dylan, and then uh, Guns N' Roses did it. Um, wow. Did not even think just, about that, but yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a great song. I mean, I feel like Knock, you know, that song has been played like a billion times. Um, you know, it's just something you hear a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. And GNR yeah. is awesome. So, hey, oh, yeah. my, that was my number two. Oh! Oh, jeez! We're 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 stepping on each other's toes here. <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about it, the covers really there aren't that many covers that are really better than the yeah. originals. So it's kind of yeah. hard to find yeah. a really good song, and then yeah, so, make it better. Yeah. All right, number four, Mark. Uh, wild horses. By the Sundays, originally by the Rolling Stones. Huh. Have you guys ever heard this song? Heard that song. That wild horses keep dragging me away, or what? Yep, yep. Um, and and I've heard it in a couple of different places. Um, you know, the I think the first time I ever heard it was in that movie Fear with Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. Um. It's the it's the uh, song that's playing when he's like taking her up on the roller coaster and and they're making out basically, um, but uh, I I've heard the original one by the Stones and it's it's all right you know it's not terrible by any means but um, it, it was on their uh, Sticky Fingers album uh, but then um, the the song by the Sundays it again it's they slow it down. It's a romantic song, and they and they kind of make it into this, you know, almost a, almost on the same kind of tone as time after time with Ava Cassidy. They just kind of hit a deeper, um, a deeper meaning with the song with with how they with how they do it. It's really good. All right. Well, my number four is "Whiskey in the Jar" by Metallica. It was originally done yeah. by some, uh, I don't know. Thin Lizzy. No, the Dubliners did it. Mm, I it's like, Thin Lizzy. That's my, that's my number three song. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like a Celtic song. If you listen to the Dubliners version, it is weird. Hmm. It's, like a, it's like an old school Celtic song. So give that a listen. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. All right, number four. I mark you're up. Rich. Oh, Rich is up. Yep. Um, I had I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. It was by The Arrows. Really? That was a cover? That's like yeah. her biggest hit. Man. Yeah, oh. I mean, that's... Did Joan Jett actually write a song? I guess I'm... Oh come on! I have to go Google, Google that. I'm pretty sure Joan Jett was in the Highlander show, so leave her alone. But that that's a huge song for her. I I didn't realize that that was a cover. Yeah, I mean, and I guess I I put it on there just. I mean, every every wedding dance you go to, they they crank that one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's a banger. <clears throat> oh yeah. Definitely. Well, I guess she wrote a few songs. She really wrote the good ones. 
Huh. Well, she was, you know, she was in a, she was in the runways. I just figured that they were all, you know, covers of other stuff or, you know, songs written for them. Cause it, you know, you girl band, boy band back in the day, you don't really write your own stuff. You just kind of do it. But yeah, all of her, all of her stuff was all the good stuff. Cherry bomb was written by her bad reputation. Um, yeah, those are the two that I really know, I guess. Yeah, that's good. All right. Number three. Um, I don't know if anyone else will have this, but I have Rolling in the Deep, Lincoln Park. Originally done by Adele. You guys want to hang by Lincoln, Lincoln Park? Oh, too soon. <laughs> I don't get that. Because Chester Benningfield oh. <laughs> hung himself? Yeah. Oh, awesome. So Lincoln Park did it first or second? They did it second. Was it just Adele. like a cover for for? Was it actually on a CD or was it just like they did it on live? I did. I think that they did it live and then later it was released as a single because the Chester Benningfield did such an amazing job with it. Um, and then if you ever really want to see something cool between Adele and Rolling Park uh, or uh, Lincoln Park. Um, you are the worst with the names. Chester Beddingfield? Rolling Park? Bennington. <laughs> yeah. Or Rolling Park. Uh, no, what I was trying to say, though, is, is uh, if you ever want to see something cool between those two, the, those two, um, they did one where it was, um, I set, fi- set fire to the rain, but it's set to the, to the music of... Um, crawling or something like that and it and it works out like it's it's uh it's really kind of neat you want to know what wasn't very good the jay-z lincoln park mashup that was terrible oh yeah that's very true um okay my number three is mrs robinson by the lemonheads originally a simon and garfunkel song that's a good song i I don't remember that one. Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson, like that one. Yeah, it's that song, but they do it with like a punk, like a punk version of it. Oh, but yeah, it's a it's a really good song. You've probably seen it in a lot of movies. I think it's in a, quite a few movies, or at least one movie. I'm trying to think of what movie it's in. Probably find it. Who's your number three, uh, Richie? I had the whiskey and whiskey in a jar by Metallica for that one. All right, we already discussed. Did you do your number two mark already? Yeah, Mad Mad the Mad World one. All right, uh, my number two is knocking on heaven's door. Who's your number two, Richie? Uh, mine is Over the Rainbow, which is originally done by Julie Garland, um, and the newer version is I don't know how to say his name. It's Israel. Kawakawa Ole. He's Hawaiian. Um, it's a great song. I think I always just call him IZ. Is his, um, but his version is, is pretty amazing. 100% agree with you. 
Wow. And, uh, yeah, he's just that whole um, with the uh, what ukulele. You know, it just gives it a little. It's it's a good song. And it, there's almost like a little sadness in his song as he's singing it too. You know, like in his voice, a little sadness in his voice. Like it's, I, I don't know. It's um, Fifty First Dates. It's at the end of Fifty First Dates, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. And and the story is that like all of a sudden in the middle of the night, he called up his producer and said, "We got we got it like two a.m." He called him like, "We got to do this right now." And they both drove to the studio and and did it that morning. So, so he's a coke addict, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he was he was addicted to something, but it wasn't uh, coke. <laughs> it was food. Yeah. yeah. Um. He was a very very large man. <clears throat> so yeah. Mrs. That. Oh, I... sorry. Mrs. Robinson was in the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, okay. I know which one you're talking. Yep, I know which one you're talking about now. Yeah. This is when the FBI raids the company. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Rich, is it your number two? Or no, you're that was my number my number one. Uh, so n- my number one is uh, "Sound of Silence Disturbed." Originally done by uh, Hall and Oates. Are you sure it wasn't Genesis or something? No, or it's not. Ta- no, it's, it was Simon and Garfunkel or the Beatles. So I, yeah, yeah, Simon and Garfunkel. Yep. Um, originally did it, you know, the sounds of silence. But obviously, if you, I'm not even a big fan of Disturb, but the two covers that they have done, the other one that you were thinking about, the Land of Confusion, uh, and then the Sounds of Silence. The sound of silence is haunting when you listen to it. And this guy's vocals are so damn good. Um, and it, it, it's an amazing song. Um, and you know, it's it's um, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah. All right, Richie, did you uh, do your number one already? Uh, mine was time after time. Okay, well, my number one is Wagon Wheel by uh, Darius Rucker. Originally, oh, yeah, by Old Crow Medicine Show and Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan did the verse before a long time ago. The the one that, like, I want to rock you like a wagon wheel? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Rock me, mama. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good song. Yeah. You guys got yeah, any mentions? That's a great thing. Oh, yeah, I got a good one. You guys got any? Uh, I got uh, Alien Ant Farm Smooth Criminal. Yeah, that was better than the original. I disagree with that one. <laughs> it's kind of why I put it as an honorable mention because I was like, ooh, I don't know if, if, if it is, but yeah. At, at the same point, is it a little bit updated? And then um, Johnny Cash hurt. Yeah, hurt was I was I just about put that one on there. Um, so that's a good one. Yeah, um, I love the ending of that where it crescendos and he's on the piano. That's pretty cool. 
Um, and I had one more, uh, Hallelujah by Jeffrey Hayes or Hughes. I don't know if you guys ever, ever heard that one. I think so. Is that the, how does that go? The, you know, I heard the perfect chord. Um, the one before you dragged me on the floor and beat me. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, no, I don't know that one. It, it's pretty good. Um, my honorable mention is rocket man by William Shatner. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. epic. Tell me that wasn't epic. That's an epic song by Shatner. Rocket man I flying. Love- my favorite thing about William Shatner is when he walked into the the um, Star Trek convention and people lost their minds and he he grabbed the mic and said it's just a fucking movie people (laughs) (laughs) Uh, classic all right, worst people of the week. Mark, what do you got? So I got, hold on, I want to get his name right. Uh, Fidel Akini. Um, and Fidel, uh, you know, kind of going off of the last topic that we had, um, you know, before the, the top five, um, is uh, vice president of the student council uh at at a college and he decided that after people on friday night took the time to put up 2973 american flags to honor the dead of 9-11 somebody woke uh fidel woke up early that day and threw all the american flags away in a garbage can and one of the people that that helped out putting those flags up uh caught him on video and asking him why he was doing it. And he was like, I'm just relocating these, you know, to the garbage uh, because we shouldn't be celebrating 9-11 because, Richie, kind of what you were just talking about, uh, that's when uh, America became uh, Islamophobic. And and then he made it about himself and saying about how, you know, that's when uh, he grew up in during the time of 9-11 and his dad pulled him aside and taught him you know that he needed to be very careful and to hide his muslim faith because he was going to get hurt um and and that he lost so much of his life because of because of the way america reacted to 9 11 um so i mean i don't know i know that we do a first uh, worst person of the week but if but if we have like a running for worst person of the year um this fucker's on it Mm -hmm. yeah Sounds fair. All right, Richie, what's your story? Mine is uh, the great Pam Keith. She's, let me repeat this. She's a veteran, so she can get away with anything. You know, you got to put, when when you, when you join the uh, Navy or any other branch of the military, you think you can say anything you want and it's okay because you're a veteran. Uh, But on 9-11, she tweeted, oh, go ahead. The uh, you know, the guy who shot uh, Bin Laden, he's not allowed to fly on Delta. Right. Just can't get rid of get, get away with anything. He probably voted for Trump though too. So let's yeah. be fair. So, so, so hold, uh, hold on, hold on. What's that story? Like the guy that 
that shot Bin Laden can't fly on Delta. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't have his mask up all the way or something, and the flight attendant got mad. Yeah, he definitely voted for Trump. <laughs> but was wow. I think the funniest thing? I think the funniest thing that he ever did <laughs> was uh, like he was having a Twitter war with somebody or something like that, and the guys and the guys, um, I can't remember what he said, but he goes. He's like, who the fuck are you? Or something like that to O'Neill. And he goes, I'm the guy that you pretend to be in your video games. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack here. Where's oh, first? no, it's fine. Uh, but Pam Keith is a wannabe um, politician from Florida who lost, no surprisingly. But she tweeted that on on January 6th, 2021, 9-11 ceased being the worst thing that happened to America in my lifetime. It's really weird and painful to process that, but it's the truth. And quite frankly, it's not even close. I think we should probably do a reenactment and put her in the tower. Yeah. So this guy, five times August, he must be a, uh, he must write songs about, um, parody songs about Democrats <laughs> said people in the Twin Towers on 9-11 had to make the decision to either die in a burning building or jump to their death. How many people had to make that decision on, J- on January 6th? And she immediately blocked him. <laughs> yeah. And then my, my, my guy Gary Sheffield Jr. he uh, tweeted her and said, you are a certified moron. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that People just that's somebody oh. who needs to be shamed into shutting the fuck up. Yeah, and this Adam Clanton, he uh I don't know what he does. Radio network host in Houston. Um <laughs> tweeted, Congratulations, you just proved you're an idiot. And then she blocked him too, of course. So <clears throat> Yeah. She got she got pretty roasted uh in the Twitter Twitter world here, but yeah, she's a terrible human being. But she was an they, army vet, or she's a navy vet, so it's okay for her to say whatever she wants. <clears throat> they uh, they should have posted a picture of the guy, the the iconic picture of the guy going head first out of the tower, and then oh, just put underneath yeah. it. I wonder what this guy thought it was. I wonder what I wonder which one this guy thought was worse. Yeah. Well, they show that uh, somebody posted the picture of that old lady like with missing teeth that was carrying the oh, flag yeah. through the. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, they, they that person needs to be piled on. Yeah, that's just ridiculous if you think that that's actually the worst thing. Yeah. I mean, she was she was trying to get her name out there, but she did it in the wrong way. Frankly, I think that burning the church across the street from the White House was much worse. But uh, yeah. I guess nobody else thinks that. All right, my worst person of the week is AOC, probably a uh, weekly worst person, I guess you could you could say. But she decided that she was going to make a make a political statement about how we need to tax the rich more while wearing a probably tens of thousands of dollars dress to a thirty five thousand dollar seat dinner that you can't get into. She wore a dress that said "Tax the Rich" on it. 
Mm-hmm. And the Republicans are having a having her looked into because of the she got a free ticket and it's supposed to be a thirty thousand dollar ticket. So I hear thirty five, I hear thirty, but I believe it's two hundred grand a table, and then you get sponsored by a corporation. So I think she was probably at the I don't know, the Bank of America table. They should really, instead of putting tax the rich, they should have just put, you know, Bank of America on the back because, you know, that's her sponsor. <laughs> I still got some room. See if Chick-fil-A wants to get a spot. Uh, uh, looks like a NASCAR. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, so the Republicans are looking into her for that ethics probe um, because technically if, if, Bank, uh, you guys are you're saying Bank of America. If Bank of America sponsored her. That's basically a, a campaign um, contribution, and and she didn't mark that down as anything. And the dress too. I had heard that that was uh, a fifteen thousand dollar dress, and that was given to her. Um, yeah. But she's not, but she's now saying that she just borrowed it. So yeah, she borrowed it and wrote tax the rich on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which just happens to be what all my sweatshirts I sell say. But it's Mark, just a coincidence. Mark, uh, do you mind if I borrow your truck and write tax the poor on the side of it? <laughs> I don't see why not. You know, put, put this is my government bailout and put a cone on the top of it. <laughs> uh, don't make fun of Chris. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, I I liked how they compared her to a Chick Fil A bag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it 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 does look strikingly similar. Yeah. The best. Yeah. She's a she's a she's an idiot. She she's just playing. I I think rich people like her because they're like. She's the she's the one they all get to make fun of. And say, look, if you're stupid like this, this is what this is how your life's going to turn out. So they like to have her around for that reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, did you see how she defended herself too? Numchucks? No. Numchucks, yeah. Where, where was she carrying those in that dress? Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, but she she basically said that the only people who are giving her grief are people who have tried to control her body. And that's, and that's the problem is, is that we have too many people that are trying to control women's bodies rather than, you know, allowing them to do what they want. And I'm like, I can't believe that you're trying to make that argument. You know, like you're trying to tie this to the Texas abortion law um, and, and saying that you don't have a free choice. Come on, lady. Like, you are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's insane. All right, looks like that brings us to the end of the show. Um, if you guys, if anybody wants to contact us, you can tweet us at few podcast, F-E-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Or you can send an email to Darren at thefewcast.com. D-A-R-I-N at thefewcast.com. Until next week, have a good one.